it's all said and done. Nobody puts BC in the corner. The state of combat with Brian Campbell returned. Yes, and it's back with the Pro Wrestling Awards Edition. Looking back on all things 2018 and juiced up to the gills with another lethal dose of that performance-enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, you already knew it, the voice that you hear fired up this Christmas holiday week. Kwanzaa, New Year's, whatever it is you're celebrating, we are celebrating with you to get you all fired up for the end of the calendar year and the good things that could come in 2019 as the revolution rolls on. Wow. Am I in, Brandy? I'm deep. I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, come on. I'm more. And if you're talking about wrestling, Brandy, I'm also. I'm also uh, in on that. All right. Hey, just, just you know, just putting it out there. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of awards to give out. We're going to recap the year that was. Let me bring in my co-host to do so. No, not that greasy Greek guy. The other guy. Say hello to the bad guy. Oh, yeah. He did a lot of things in 2018, and one of those were hedging. He's the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Hey, now, maybe BC can make a New Year's resolution to stop making up things about his co-host in 2019. BC, I will admit, though, a minor screw-up, and I just thought about this right now. We have 17 awards for 2018. I probably should have Oh, uh, yeah, I have one extra award I didn't tell you. The 2018 Podcast Award for Best Swerve goes to the In This Corner slash State of Combat podcast and the great Greek himself, Nick Costos, who was so good in his role on last week's podcast following the the big reveal, the, the you know, what's going to happen next with the podcast, that this was like H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, Orson Welles, <laughs> where, like, people were ema- texting, emailing, DMing, and being like, you guys suck. I'm, unpo- I'm unsubscribing from this pod. What is going on here? I did not sign up for this. And you and I had to one by one kind of go, hey, you might want to keep listening. Yeah, there were legitimately a dozen people, and that's just what I saw. I can't imagine what you saw. Hey, I turned it off after eight minutes. I couldn't take this anymore. Silver King, how did you how did you last? And I'm like, why don't you keep listening, bro? And why don't you get to 1520 on that podcast and, and see what happens? Um, look, people work themselves into a shoot. That's really all I can say. We had a good Brother. time with that. We're happy that the show is still happening New brand, new name, same intensity, same passion. You'll hear from the Greek in the in the coming months. I, I can't sit here and say he's back. I can't sit here and say uh, things are perfect between him and I, but I can sit here and say it was nice to hear him back as his schedule allows. We'll probably see you know, him him bring in the Greek yogurt once in a while and uh and hit the zipper button a few times. But uh, you know, besides I, that I do like I do like that when he pops on the show, I get a lot of tweets appreciating me even more. So I appreciate that, guys. You keep that up. Nick can come back as often as he wants, as long as that's the reception that I get. So I'm happy about it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, so thank you again. And then we mean this. Thank you to everybody who's really uh, come out to fight for the show and uh, let us know this holiday season how much it means to them. We appreciate the five-star reviews. Hey, you guys want to keep dropping those in and we get up to, I don't know, 500? Maybe we can do something really special as well. Hey, uh, keep your eyes out also for the new year. Uh, Adam and I are on the verge of uh, unveiling the first ever 
State of Combat Pro Wrestling Mount Rushmore. One of four names have already been engraved in stone. The great Tristan Adelano. Uh, Adelano underscore Tristan. That's what I'm talking about. You have to say both or it doesn't count. Go ahead. Three more to come. Uh, there'd be some privileges given. You know, with membership comes responsibility. Uh, you know, that's joining the team. That's joining the family. You get your face carved in there. By the way, it's not a permanent role, just so people know that. But it's it's definitely an in the moment. We love our listeners for sure. Uh, 2018. Did we love 2018 as a pro wrestling fan, though, Adam? Your thoughts? I love 2018. I mean, look, for me, WWE always will come first. And you can definitely make the argument that the year as a whole for WWE was not great start to finish, especially when you consider the Saudi Arabia deal. Those two events, the controversies, and the absolute lull during football season of quality content on Raw, which yeah. is the flagship show. Record low but ratings. I, was... I think this was also uh, the second half of 22. Just to interrupt you real quick. The lowest sure. our morale was in a while, all things considered for the main roster. Yours more than mine. You from a late August until late October, which was evolution. From that, that period of time for you was really rough. But I was listening back to our 2017 show. I wanted to make sure... We followed the same format, end of your wrap-up in 2017. I think we forget how bad 2017 was for WWE, especially SmackDown leading into WrestleMania. It was really bad, and then SummerSlam picked it up in a major way, and then it cratered again with TLC with everyone hurt and injured. So when you do compare it, if you can take the Saudi Arabia part out of your mind, wrong. the money in the sand and the blood money it. in the sand. You're wrong. You're forgetting last summer, 2017 Raw. That summer was fire. Through It was great, balls. but there were different parts of the year that were terrible. Like I said, SmackDown, like coming, it wasn't leading into, sorry, I got it wrong. It wasn't SmackDown leading into WrestleMania 2017, 33. It was coming out of it. It was horrible. So we've almost had a complete reversal. Um and I think when you look at the totality of WWE in 2018, it's not as bad as you think it actually was. There were way low points, and those low points were worse than 2017, but the high points were higher, in my opinion. I don't know. I slightly disagree. I, I think it was a not a great year overall for the main roster. But here's what's interesting. I thought 2017, from a macro point of view, the number one storyline as a wrestling fan that year was really Kenny Omega, the rise of Japan. It was really the fact that he put forth at that point, arguably the three greatest matches we've ever seen in the Okada feud. And here was this guy jumping off the page that maybe could be the the leader in something moving forward. While 2018, even though that revolution did move forward in monster ways from Jericho joining uh, Omega at Wrestle Kingdom through All In, through the cruise, through a lot of things. I think 2018's macro storyline of the year is actually NXT going to... Not just a level where you go, hey, guys, you know what? This might be better than WWE's main roster to a point where it's like this might be four times as good as WWE's main roster when we're in the takeovers. This was, Adam, an all-time amazing year for NXT. There's there's no poop in the toilet. There's no turd in there. This was every takeover seemed to somehow get better. This isn't just the greatest year in NXT history. This was the kind of year where you could be like, from start to finish, this might have been one of the better promotional years we've ever seen for anybody. See, I'm glad you had that realization because that's really what I was going to say to you, which is 2018 was supposed to be the year of NJPW. And you can make an argument that for a period of time, maybe the first half of the year, Wrestle Kingdom and Dominion, once you got there, and even G1 into July, you could make an argument that it was. 
But when you think about the two takeovers that finished the year with NXT, you add them to the two that preceded them or the three that preceded them. I forgot if it was two or three. Actually, I'm correcting myself. The three takeovers that ended the year because they had one for money in the bank this year as well. Um, you add those to the two that preceded them and you think about the show as a whole in greater context. NXT really did outshine start to finish NJPW plus all in. That said, if you're asking me what the biggest moment for professional wrestling in 2018 was, it was all in. Because without all in, we don't know what this AEW promotion or what exactly is going to happen with this group in 2019. None of that would have happened without all in. That was a catalyst for something bigger. So I think if you want to call it the independent wrestling scene, even though New Japan's not an independent, the non-WWE scene, really it's going to be 20, 2019 that is their year, even though it was supposed to be 2018. I actually felt, despite how good Wrestle Kingdom was, despite how good Dominion was, how great the G1 was. I mean, incredible. Five-star matches every single show that we watched. The After that, the last, like, five months, I mean, there's been good matches, but it hasn't done anything for me. Well, I don't know about anything, and I don't know about five months because there was two shows since after, July. Since there July, were two shows after the G1 ended in August that we paid attention to and cared about. One was one of those NJPW in California shows. There was also another show that, that was a we, disappointment in my opinion. That we got to be honest. Yeah, I you mean, were way off on that take. That was another one we we uh, enjoyed. Did it? Does it? That's typically their lull period, though. But but look, the overall point I think you're really trying to make is. We entered this year, I assume this. if the revolution worked, this would be the year of this NJPW rise to take over America. And it's weird that this is how good it was to be a wrestling fan outside of WWE proper this year. It still succeeded. I mean, All In is a monster success. The, the steps forward that NJPW made this year were pretty damn strong, yet NXT stepped up right along with it even more in an even higher level that... If you're like me and I want Raw and SmackDown to be my number ones, but they rarely are, man, do we have – I mean, even Impact, which we never talk about. The oh, times I'm on. really bored and I put Impact on, I'm entertained. This is a great year. The third boom uh, period is in – it's starting, man. We're there. It's it's uh, on. The third boom period is on. The critical level of wrestling right now is insane, which is why, by the way, we get so mad at WWE like the SummerSlam post-show when it should have been better, could have been better, would have been better, and only one man had the guts to get out of the bedsheets <laughs> and make that statement. Yeah. Uh, well, just to put it in context, and not that this is the end-all, be-all by any means, but Meltzer this year graded 20 matches five-star or better. That's insanity. You're talking, there were five-year periods where there weren't 20 five-star matches. There's 20 this year, and there were a good handful, I think 12, no, no, I think it was eight maybe, that were NXT, uh, I think 12 were NJPW, and then there's probably a couple I'm missing in there, but, I, and my math was terrible in that little thing I just said, but my point is they were spread out. They weren't all NJPW, not all 20 were NJPW. I think the key with NJPW in 2018 was this. We wanted to see them make a major move into America. They had that opportunity with Wrestle Kingdom. Chris Jericho drew a ton of subscriptions. And then in my opinion, they didn't do anything with that momentum. That was the key. I think 2018, to your credit, BC, it's the beginning. 2017 was great, but 2018 was the beginning of this groundswell that has the opportunity to crest in 2019 and reach that apex. True. 
And it's weird. I think we thought, or I thought, maybe we, I'll, I'll speak for us, we thought 2018 for the revolution to work, NJPW would be driving it. Now we're realizing that it's going to be another entity altogether. It's going to be the being the elite guys with AEW most likely that drives the... True, but I don't know how far they will get without being able to utilize some NJPW talent. And let's also not forget, now you're splitting those people off of NJPW. So NJPW has, you can make an argument, less attractiveness without those guys. And we don't know what's going to happen with Kenny Omega. Um, expectation is he stays in NJPW and does both. Um, but we don't know. So what if Kenny Omega leaves NJPW and is the star of this upstart promotion and we don't get to see him against Okada, Tanahashi, Ibushi, all these guys? There's so many questions that need to be answered. That's why 2019 is exciting. And we've been talking a lot in JPW for good reason. But there's a lot more we're going to see in 2019. We're going to probably see the end of the Gargano Ciampa feud in NXT. We're going to probably see Velveteen Dream reach another level. We're going to see, if you think 2018 was great for women's wrestling, 2019 might be absolutely outstanding, including the first main event women, women main eventing WrestleMania for the first time ever. So, I think 2018 as a whole, when we look back on it long term, it's going to be setting up a huge change in wrestling in 2019. Yeah. The, and that's OK. It was a great year coming into full bloom. I, I think you're right. And I think for as much as the 2018 macro storylines for me were what we just mentioned, NXT through the roof, the revolution taking a giant step forward. It's the women in WWE that is that is right there. I think that's the number one WWE main roster storyline of this year, that it wasn't just the first Royal Rumble match, Money in the Bank match, on, on, on. It was the launch of a giant female superstar in Ronda Rousey. It was the rebranding of a new giant superstar in, in Becky Lynch. And it was the fact that we not only had Evolution, but we have all these incredible four, four and a half, and even five-star women's matches to the point now where they are the number one storyline in WWE Raw and SmackDown and putting on the best matches. Wouldn't have guessed that this calendar year. Would, it get, would have guessed it would be a big year for women? Yes. Would I guess that we're getting closer to them finally main eventing Mania? Sure. But like I said in the last few weeks, I thought it would be more of a gift main event to Mania rather than right. uh, all us marks are lining up going, it's got to be Becky and Ronda. And, and what's funny is that it's Becky Lynch who forced Vince McMahon's hand on that because they were building Flair Rousey. We know. All right. No one. You don't have to be a genius to have seen that coming. Right. Becky Lynch is the one that made it must watch. And whether it's Becky Ronda or whether it's a triple threat, it's going to be amazing. And the hype is going to be real and it's going to be realized in that event. Now, the one thing we did pass over and we don't really talk about it in our awards, so I do want to address it. Really, the women were huge in WWE, and they were a big theme. But the theme of the year in WWE was Roman Reigns for mostly terrible reasons. Um, the push and the rejuvenation of the Shield didn't work to really to get him over. They Vince McMahon decided to balk on giving him the title at WrestleMania 34 in a match that was roundly booed and criticized by the in crowd, people watching at home. Everyone just wanted Reigns to get the title and get it over with. And Vince just decided, I'm going to keep it with Brock. They elongated it from April until August. Reigns finally wins the title at SummerSlam in a match that they made like, what, four minutes? They had Braun show up. It was all just a way to make it so they didn't boo Reigns when he won. And then that's the bad storyline, storytelling, WWE decision making. The bad real life scenario Reigns finally gets the title. 
it's somewhat working. People are at least accepting it and moving forward with him and, you know, ready for him to have good feuds and good matches. And he has to relinquish the title because real life, he has leukemia. Talk about an up and down year for him as a human being for WWE booking their main event. I mean, that is something I will never forget. What went down from start to finish in 2018 with Roman Reigns? Yeah, it, for as much as I I didn't love the, what we got from the main roster this year, there's a, a ton of compelling storylines from Reigns to Daniel Bryan's return from retirement to Becky Lynch's rejuvenation to, like I said, Ronda Rousey's arrival and instant success on the level that I wouldn't have guessed even coming in. No shortage of storylines. Seth Rollins returning to to the point where you even you could try to make the case incorrectly that he was the best wrestler in the world, but for a was, short period of time, for like a month period, best wrestler. He was WWE. it. Let's be. I mean, come on. He was best wrestler for a month. <laughs> yeah, in the states, in the in the WWE territory. No, for that for that month worldwide, he was the best yeah, wrestler. You, you One month. You can't say that. You can't. You have to that. give me that. You yeah, have to I, I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I only. I speak in truth only. And sometimes okay. that truth rubs people the wrong way. Sometimes housekeepers don't like what goes on inside of the beds. Sometimes <laughs> Nick Costos walks away angry, but I do speak the truth to you and you the speak tru- your truth yes the truth is i thought this was a bad year for wwe proper and major now okay bad's the wrong choice but mor- it kicked us in the morale hole it did a few times and one of the major storylines is the selling of the soul so outrageously for the money in saudi arabia which forced them to then shut women out twice and sort of try to justify why they were doing it and i don't know if vince is just trying to pile up extra cash so he can waste more in this xfl thing that's coming which is what? Is that 2019 or 2020? 2020. Oh, my God. What a long-ass <laughs> journey for something that's probably not going to work. Or What's fun. funny is it's the first time in his life that Vince is like, I'm going to take my time, and we're going to do this right. right. And then he gets undercut by Ebersol. And we're coming out in 2019. A, a Screw you, Vince. with Ricky Williams, too. And it's weird. You're right, because well, Vince McMahon makes always last-minute snap decisions, so it's just so weird. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just don't think it was a year that – They took advantage overall of what they had. And that's it's tough, man. It's really tough as a fan. We've had some really tough moments here. Luckily, there's so much good going on around it to keep you to keep me. Sorry to keep you. You feel like you'll sit through anything. I feel like you'll sit through the nuclear war and it'll be you and the cockroaches being like, hey, well, at least we got a four star match in the main event of Raw. Hell are you talking about? But me, I was on the way out multiple times, multiple times. And uh, you got your ass. You got your ass pulled back in, though. Few times, big I, time. They got to sustain it though. They got to keep it going. Big okay? time. They pulled you back in. Uh, Silver King, you've got to be excited because uh, this award show is really your baby. This is a Silver King production. This is in uh, from the Adam Silverstein Studios here. This is. Are you fired up to uh, run down? Just so the just so we remove the fourth wall as we always do on this show. I have no idea what's coming. All I know is I have voted in categories. I don't know who won them. I don't know what sound effects we're going to hear. This, this is if this thing goes down in flames, it's a, it's a silver hedge production. I'm ready for this though. Just, just a warning for everyone. Last year's show went perfectly smooth because I had the soundboard and I, ha- I got to run it. No, no issues. No looking for clips. It's on BC this year. So if you hear hiccups or delays between drum rolls and sound clips being played, you know who to blame. The man whose name is on the marquee. But before we get there, and we will do the 2018. Samson Awards, the second annual, coming up. A quick word from our friends at CBS Sports. Okay, we are back in BC. Let's get into the 2018 Samson Awards. Before we do, you think Nick Costos will listen to this? No. 
That guy, that guy, that guy jealous eyes, that guy. Those eyes right there, those eyes lost Elizabeth. You understand that? You got my face, you got lust for Elizabeth right there. And I'm gonna tell you, it makes me sick. I can't even stay to look at you. You turned my guts to do. If you wanted to come at me man to man for the belt, I would beat you one, two, three. That would be okay. My God, he. I found that sound. He's so good. So good. I found that sound randomly in the in the dark subcockles of my soundboard. Didn't know it was in there, but uh, damn, oh, man. I still nice. look. I, I I'll give the award for the greatest moment in pro wrestling history. That's why the Mega Powers mean so much to me. In that locker room when he turned on Hogan and gave that jealous eyes speech. That's yep. that like no other no other moment ever made me feel like that one did. That is just oh. Man, all right, let's get into the Silver Hedge Awards of 2018, and now our... Okay, okay. stop the BS. BC, the 2018 second annual Samson Awards. Hit the music. Cut the music, says Silver King. You know, last year, I was listening back to the show last year, and Nick actually gave me crap for picking that as the theme. It's Hollywood, it's awards, it's Goldust, it's pro wrestling. It holds up. It's honestly the perfect intro for the 2018 Samson Awards, and we do have 17 awards, and maybe we'll figure out if we can award an 18th to make it fit for 2018 as we go on, BC. But just to break it down for everyone, the three voters this year, because Nick, you know, doesn't have time to watch professional wrestling anymore, even though... He wants to make appearances on the podcast where the man whose name is on the marquee, the Brian Campbell, your boy, the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, and the man you've heard once on this podcast, but also helps us with WWE coverage on CBSSports.com. Jack, don't call me Jorgensen. Yeah. Crosby. Jack Crosby going through a gimmick change. Do you think for Jack Crosby's life, recently married, changed his last name? He, this is like Undertaker on a motorcycle? It's the American badass version you're saying. I think I think that's what yeah. it is. I think he's, I think it's what it is. All right, all right, we'll see. A little bit, but BC, we're gonna kick it off with our smack talker of the year. Yeah, how, I don't even know how you're gonna do this. You're gonna read the the runners up first. What do you? What's the plan here? You just here? don't have any memory of last year's show. I right? don't. I don't know anything right now. All right, so I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna announce the award. I'm gonna say the three finalists. You're then gonna hit the drum roll. Yes. And w- and when that ends, you're gonna play the clip that is numbered. According to the award that we're doing, this is number one, obviously. Nice, nice. Let's do it. Okay, so the 2018 Smack Talker of the Year. We have Becky Lynch, Samoa Joe, and Daniel Bryan, and the winner is... special introduction and trust me I know you wanted to keep this secret but tonight joining us from Gainesville Georgia hey Wendy how you doing oh 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 and I see she brought your lovely daughter Annie too well don't worry Wendy daddy's coming home tonight Hey, Wendy, I made you a promise. Daddy was coming home. It looks like he's not. 
but I'll be your new daddy. If you heard that crowd reaction, there was no question. Our winner is Samoa Joe BC. What a year. What a year for him on the mic. A year that, in the ring, not that epic. He unfortunately was a part of that Backlash pay-per-view main event with Roman Reigns that got booed throughout the sky that night. I not his that, fault. That Not his fault, but it happened. And he certainly was involved in one of the better feuds of the year with AJ Styles. But yeah, you'll look back on this year and you'll look back on the players who had major contributions and it's him on the microphone. I think just as easily we look at uh, Becky Lynch's heel run at the end of the year. I think you just as easily could have gone with Daniel Bryan because he was able to do it on the equal level heel and face. Because remember, he delivered really good face stuff opposite The Miz early on. But even Daniel Bryan, for how good he's been this year, the consistency. I mean, we should call this the Paul Heyman Award because Paul Heyman's maybe didn't have the best year because he wasn't around a lot because of Brock. But man, Joe is is carving out a new niche because the trash talk feels real. That's ultimately the difference. We've talked to him about that on this show. We talked to Ricochet on this show. They seem like the only two guys who are talking real trash, not the stage, dramatic, overly scripted WWE crap. This was great. Well, I mean, th- this was a, a an oral tour de force. Where's the zipper button? That sounded weird. This was an oral tour de force from Samoa Joe this year. It was. Now, look, Lynch and Brian both had cases. And this this was actually our tightest vote out of the entire awards, which honestly shocked me. I think the other voters, this was my number one. Samoa Joe is my number one pick here. I think you guys forgot how great he was the entire time with AJ Styles. It stretched a couple months, and every one of his promos was dynamite we're not even counting him going to styles house that promo and you close the year he's cut three incredible promos on jeff hardy so whereas becky lynch was mostly great at the end of the year and daniel bryan was good all year but great at the end samoa joe was great the entire year roman reigns aj styles and jeff hardy i picked what happened in the ring in that one match with aj styles that's not counting all the other promos i could have chosen from uh yeah made it made a choice from that was a tough, tough call for an audio clip, BC. No question about Dude, he it. He had a run Let us... on, on Raw opposite Reigns during that build to that feud. That was insane, the stuff he was I honestly don't know how you didn't vote him first. Like, it's a no-brainer. Uh, I, I, Daniel Bryan, man. Daniel. I gave. I did uh, I did give it to Daniel Bryan, man. He he inspired me this year to do it from both sides, to be a switch hitter like that. He, he, was, he, was, he was like prime Eddie Murray out there. Come on. Yeah. Now, our next award, I'm going to preface this, uh, and it might be a little bit of a spoiler, but the clip is four minutes and 27 seconds long. And the reason for that is simple. There is no way to give this award winner justice without playing the entirety of the moment, BC. This is the Dusty Rhodes Award for promo of the year. And the other reason I I left the entirety of the clip in is because my guess is 90% of you have never heard this promo. This came just recently at like 3 p.m. before WWE TLC on like a YouTube pre-show that WWE put out. They should have cut this and aired it directly before the match. That's how good it was. So I'm going to give it away a little bit. Our three finalists are Big E responding to the Usos, which dissed him on SmackDown, Ronda Rousey ripping the Bellas and John Cena, and our winner, Daniel Bryan cutting a promo on AJ Styles, the WWE Universe, and the WWE Announce Crew. Buckle in. This is your Dusty Rhodes Award for Promo of the Year. You guys proud of yourselves? 
You're proud of the job that you're doing out here? I mean, I felt like it was... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So you guys come out here and you talk about uh, the best tweet that a woman who calls herself the man put out this week. Don't you guys know that social media is a trap? You know, the amount of time anybody spends on social media is inversely proportional to the amount of deep thinking that they do about anything else, anything in life. How much deep thinking do you guys do? How much deep thinking do you do about the WWE? Let me tell you something. AJ Styles has done a ton of deep thinking about wrestling because he loves wrestling. You know who else has done a ton of deep thinking about wrestling? Daniel Bryan. And we've got two guys who've done a ton of deep thinking about professional wrestling, not on social media, not talking about tweets or Instagrams or Facebooks or anything else. You've got two guys who have spent their whole lives getting in the ring and fighting other men, and you guys want to talk about tweets? You guys want to come in here and sell your Christmas t-shirts? It's garbage. What you guys do is garbage. But if you watch TLC tonight, what you're going to see in the WWE Championship match is you're going to see AJ Styles versus the new Daniel Bryan. You're going to see the phenomenal form versus the flying knee. You're going to see the calf crusher against the heel hook. And you're going to see the Styles clash against what used to be called the Yes Lock. But it's going back to its origins and it's being called the LaBelle Lock now. Because the Yes Movement is dead. So here's the thing, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. I respect AJ Styles as a professional wrestler because he loves what we do in the ring. He spent his whole life fighting in the ring. But I do not respect AJ Styles as a person. And here's why. The exact same reason I don't respect these two. Look at what they're wearing. Look at what they're wearing right now. Do you know why they're wearing these shirts? To shill them. They're shilling them to you people. Why? So corporations can make more money. Do you, want, do you want to know what one of the worst things for the planet is? Inorganic cotton. You think these are made out of organic cotton? Of course they're not. You know what AJ Styles does? He comes out to the ring every week wearing his shirt, wearing his gloves, and he may go out there and he may pour his heart out into wrestling, but he's also trying to get you to buy the gloves. He's getting you to buy the t-shirts. Guess what? The old Daniel Bryan, he used to care about that kind of stuff too. And he fought, and he fought, and he fought inside. And he's like, I shouldn't be selling these t-shirts, but that's a measure of success here in WWE. The higher-ups are going to look at how many t-shirts I sell, and that's going to determine how successful they think I am. Well, guess what? The new Daniel Bryan doesn't care how many t-shirts they sell. They came out with a new shirt, said, yes, is dead. Do you think I'm wearing that shirt? No. All this stuff is secondhand. All this stuff is thrift. And you know why? Because I care about this planet. I care more than just being the WWE champion. But make no mistake about it. I need this championship to build my platform that consumerism needs to die. So AJ Styles, I am willing to throw everything at you tonight. Every single Thing that can come into my mind, I will throw at you tonight. So you be, better be prepared. And after I beat you, 
for the WWE Championship again. I am going to take this leather strap that was made from a skinned cow that I like to name Daisy. And I am going to replace it with something sustainable, something better. And the new Daniel Bryan is going to create a new world that these people don't have any part of. You know what? Most of you probably don't deserve to have a part of it either. Wow. Wow. Uh, WWE lawyers on line one for the longest continual steal. Here's why that one promo of the year. One, because it's incredible. But two, because it's unscripted for the most part. And you can tell. And that show, if anyone had the chance to see it, felt a lot like WWE in the 80s. It was like it was two hosts. One of them was Mike Rome. Who was the female host? Do you remember? I don't know her name. And they were in ugly Christmas sweaters standing in front of a Christmas tree. And it was like loose and fun. And superstars were coming in and out sort of randomly. It had the feel of, of old school. And it it gave him room to just work and use the the real life stuff. That's the thing. He's playing on such real life things that, damn. That's, by the way, that's why I voted for him for best for Smack Talker of the Year. Because he's able to do it on both sides of the mic. And that was just brilliant, dude. That was, whew. It was so incredible that immediately after I heard it, I said, that's the promo of the year. Like, there wasn't even a question. There, there's nothing else that compares to that for that period of time, going in and out, talking Christmas sweater, sustainability, AJ Styles, the championship. I really do wish that he followed through and had a different strap, you know, for that for that championship, for that title um, on SmackDown coming out of that pay-per-view. But, you know, we can't get everything that we want. But we did get an incredible promo from Daniel Bryan. And thank you guys for indulging us and letting us Play the entire thing. BC, let's move on. Well, hold on. Shout out to uh, that for as bad as Rousey has been on the mic this year, and I could prove it with certain buttons on the soundboard. Sure. Uh, when she called out Nikki and John and got really personal, not only was the material great, but she brought it. And yeah. I want to give it. Uh, this wasn't a great Paul Heyman year. He didn't make a finalist for us, but he had a couple during those Brock comebacks that were prime Paul Heyman. And. Go back if you haven't and just rewatch the work that the Usos and the New Day did. You'll remember the rap battle ahead of WrestleMania, but I think specifically it was that one where the Usos came out and then Big E, there was, this was no comedy. Big E came back angrily and stood up for what the New Day does as representations of, of African-American wrestlers. I mean, that was a great promo. Yeah. And by the way, so was the one the week before from the Usos where they talked about Back in the day, having to do characters they didn't believe in. There was some real talk this year. A couple of times people were allowed to actually deliver promos. And for some reason, Silver King made us keep this category resigned to WWE only. But Silver King, how about Juice Robinson's promo that time on Code? That was a great promo, too. Two issues. One, we couldn't play it on this show. Two, it was the only promo that was of that was hit that level that he did all year. He, I don't think he would have been a finalist. I'm just talking about promo of the year. I'm, just, I'm saying I don't think that would have been a finalist. Do you? Uh, I would. Have, I would have voted it for most likely. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to compare and really shout out back. to it. But I mean, shout promo. out to the one Cody had. By the way, Cody went off that one time. I mean, look, there, NJPW. That was very. That was. You know what? More so than Juice, in my opinion. That was a great promo from Cody. Yeah, and but and also lest us lest we forget, as as bored as you personally are with Jericho, he's delivered some Twitter eh. promos this year. That have been friggin' fantastic. Any so. promo he delivers in NJPW that doesn't end in F face, I, I don't like it. 
Because right. that's what I want. I, I, I got to give him the love. He deserves it. Roll. Okay. Let's roll on, Silver King. Yeah. We are going to roll on because we got a lot more awards to give, including the Bobby the Brain Heenan Commentator of the Year. BC, last year's winner was Corey Graves. By the way, last year's Smack Talker of the Year was The Miz, who beat out Paul Heyman. But this year, we have three finalists. Mauro Ronaldo, Don Callis, and the man himself, Corey Graves, our winner last year. And the winner is BC. The smorgasbord of strikes put on display by Alistair Black. Is he ready now for his pièce de résistance? Oh, step up, knee to the jaw. And look, he's holding Gargano up with his foot. An unprotected knee landed. Boom! Black mass. And Gargano being held up by Black. Gargano out on his feet. Wow. Was was there any question? Mauro, Ronaldo, our unanimous choice for commentator of the year. Wow, he got a unanimous out there. So I say that surprisingly because it was a great year for commentaries, especially what's going on in Japan. But, hey, fire it up here to, to represent Mauro. I have sort of a chicken and the egg issue because it's like, well, of course Mauro won it this year because... NXT takeovers were so damn good. But the but chicken and the egg debate is he was so damn great that he took these cards and these matches and Johnny Gargano would be the first to tell you, and he told me that twice this year, that yep. Moro just takes these matches and raises them like a half to another full star. Holy crap. Uh, Moro. I mean, look, uh, Moro's... Um, I don't think we're going to appreciate Moro fully until he's gone. And I mean fully... Oh, I think that's wrong. I, 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 there's no one who I want to hear call well, you're a combat from... sports event. Forget WWE. What I'm saying is maybe no. you're a little blinded because you're coming from wrestling where he's the most adored and loved and accepted. I'm coming a little bit more from, let's say, boxing, which is the one where he's had the hardest time, where some boxing hardcore fans are just sort of like, get this wrestling guy out of right. here. I think he's over the top, yeah. And I, th- I think he's the best in boxing today. And I think he's – there's people like uh, – guys I respect, like Luke Thomas from MMA Fighting and Sirius Radio who says – Moro's already the best all-time in combat sports history, and I think we're going to end up saying that when all said is done. It's not just the fact that he's doing all three sports at the highest level, plus kickboxing and everything else, but, I mean, wrestling alone, NXT alone, dude, oh, my God, they have a gem. I hope they keep that relationship going a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually – see, it's funny because I love him in WWE with NXT, but I love him doing boxing. I Like, it's – there's no – there's – yeah, there's other guys, you know, historically who are great. But today, I want to see Morrow on the call. Like, Joshua Wilder, I want Morrow on the call for that fight. Like, there's yeah, no one really handles else the, I the want. big spot better. But we didn't have yeah. a, uh, a a category for call of the year. And anybody well, that don't. Uh, no, no, no. I'm going to I'm going to stop you here because I know what you want and we'll get to it. Just trust me that we'll get to it. OK. All right. All right. Well, we'll then can to. I shout out. A Just guy trust who, me. Who didn't make the finalists. But I voted yes. for my top three. Kevin yes. Kelly had a hell, a hell of a year in Japan. I thought particularly his work in the G1 was insane. A sequel has been written to the Shaken Osaka. 
I mean, that guy blew me away this year. So, I, look, I got to yeah. – for all the people – it's a three-man voting crew here. I didn't vote alone, but I want to get Kevin Kelly a shine on that moment there. Yeah, no, he definitely deserves an honorable mention. But, look, Morrow, unanimous. The Daniel Bryan promo, by the way, was also a unanimous choice. Um, but, look, Morrow's is a friend of the show. I hope that we get him on again before WrestleMania. That did not play into this, certainly. He was a finalist last year, and he only did, like, three months of the year you know, because he was out for, for most of the year. Um, but congratulations to him. He deserves it. it you can I, you could have picked any main event match from any takeover this year as that audio clip. I thought that one just mixed in everything perfectly for Morrow. Okay. Our fourth award, man, we got a long ways to go. Feel spot of the year. This is the best moment. And we have three finalists. We have Daniel Bryan announcing his comeback to WWE. Becky Lynch attacking Ronda Rousey backstage on Raw. And Dean Ambrose turning heel on Seth Rollins on the night Roman Reigns announced his leukemia. And the winner is. She think about Ruby, what the hell is this? What's going on? Oh my God. Oh my God. That's Becky Lynch. She's got Ronda Rousey. Oh my God. Becky Lynch with the disarmor on Rousey. Becky Lynch attacking Ronda Rousey, BC. This was not your first place vote. I understand that. Why don't you break it down for us? Uh, what am I breaking down? The Becky, why Becky Lynch was so great? Well, no. Do you uh, agree? I mean, look, this was, I think you voted the second, right? You had Ambrose turning on Rollins as your first. Tell well, me why I you wanna, feel that was better. All right. Well, let, look, I want to talk to the Silver King. This is a Silver King production. But we always remove the fourth wall. Silver King, this was a WWE-only award for some yes. reason. Yet these yes. other awards, like the announcers, like we're going to have Wrestler of the Year in a few minutes, encompassed all of wrestling. Yes. Why did this moment, feel spot moment of the year, not encompass all of wrestling? I did my best to uh, include NJPW um, primarily. I mean, it could have been anything, but to include NJPW when it's individual awards for the most part, where it's moments and um, feuds and uh, promos and things like that. We want to make sure we hit as wide of an audience as we possibly can. Yes, there were some great NJPW moments this year, but a lot of those moments are actually matches because that's mostly what NJPW is about. So many of those were in our match of the year voting. In this particular case, we stuck with WWE. Those were our three finalists. Um, and really, all three of us that voted voted these exact three but in different orders. The difference in voting was one point between Lynch Rousey, Ambrose Rollins, and Brian returning. You voted Lynch second, so did Jack. I voted it as my moment of the year. For me, BC, seeing her backstage, like I stood up off the couch. That's how incredible it was, and that was just that moment. We're not even talking about rushing the ring, getting punched in the face by Jack's bloody, up on the stage, her arms spread out. I mean, that was the meme for like a week. Whereas the Ambrose Rollins thing was great, but it was great in the moment and it kind of washed away. This didn't wash away from me. This will always live with me. Live on. Uh, look, the Becky Lynch Ronda thing was it felt like a turning point moment. It felt like a new Steve Austin. If we didn't get the feels had emerged. And I don't mean picking up where Austin left off, but doing Austin like things. It means that a character has gone from being really good to being 
potentially a crossover character. And she is. Now, I mean, she appeared on Ariel Hawani's ESPN MMA show. Becky Lynch has crossed over this year to a certain degree, and it's been fantastic to watch. You said we were a vote apart on it. There was a pretty good year for selected big moments. I don't think there's a bigger moment than Dean Ambrose turning on Seth Rollins because, I mean, look, you could argue right now that the biggest moment of the year was Roman Reigns' speech about having yes. cancer and having to leave. But the fact that WWE used that speech and the real life feels it gave all of us as a foundation for Dean to then viciously turn heel. It wasn't just about how borderline inappropriate it was. And by the way, the borderline inappropriate nature is what made it. It felt grimy. Let's not forget how grimy that felt. But it was a it came during a time where we were done with Raw. We were done with Vince McMahon. We were done with the old we still might be, by the way, but we were done. We were take me away from this crap product. And Vince showed us that he still got it in a way that, oh, my God, you could have put me in a time machine in that moment. I felt like it was 1997 all over again. I felt like it was 1987 all over again. I felt like it was back in a time where this is what WWE did. They built to these type of moments that what we said that time when that happened, we said the one night of the year. That it couldn't happen. That we knew it wouldn't happen. It happened. That's why that's beautiful. I have no problem with Lynch winning it. This was somebody who was already kind of doing a 10 on what her career could do, on what this character could do after turning heel, and then jumped it up to like a 25. Like, you're like, where's the ceiling now? That I mean, we find out after the fact that she worked through a concussion and had no idea where she was, was just on instinct, smearing blood over her face. I mean, that moment, the amount, the, the fact that Ronda allowed it to be that brutal, that moment was insane. It, it was basically WWE's version of Braveheart. Like, that's what that's how I will remember it. And you and I had it first and second, those two moments. Jack actually broke the tie here and went with Becky over Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, BC. We've got a lot of awards left. Well, no, don't you like, dare. Don't you dare get out of this. So I, keep, I keep trying to move it because along because I know you have this. Why did I remove the fourth wall to start here? Silver King, sure. I don't think. Oh, because you want to talk about. Okay, go ahead. Because yeah. I don't think it makes sense that we did only WWE main roster only on this moment. Not even NXT. We did WWE main roster only. We missed. You missed the real moment of the year for pro wrestling in 2018. And it came January 27th in Japan, the new beginning card in Sapporo. And it was Kota Ibushi running in to save Kenny Omega after losing his title and getting put in the move there by Jay White, the switchblade, the dirt hole. And it was the reunion of the golden lovers. So like, it was a big, it was a big moment. No, but that's the for a small spot. for a small subset of fans. BC. It doesn't matter about the reach. It matters about the moment, Adam. That's why okay. every year in MMA and boxing, there could be a fight of the year that took place in Japan at four in the morning off of American TV. It just because no one saw it doesn't mean. I mean, the 20, 2006 boxing fight of the year was this little known fight from France with two guys you can't pronounce their names, and there's a reason for that. This is something all of us saw, and this was feel spot this was a storyline coming back around and coming together this was two men hugging each other and crying in the middle of the ring and a bunch of heterosexual male mark fans doing the same watching it with no bit of upset or ill feelings and that's 2018 and that's a good thing what these guys did for wrestling this year for social areas was amazing this moment deserves 
the feels. The feels in this moment. The confetti. This was a moment. Feel that. Feel all of that. Why are you not feeling that? Had this been a full international, you know, any promotion award, it wouldn't have been in my top three. That's so... It didn't affect me, BC, because I didn't watch them in DDT wrestling. I didn't follow well, their entire storylines. I, I, I just started watching NJPW two years okay, ago. But you can't claim ignorance. I didn't watch them in DDT. It's not either. ignorance. I saw it live. I mean, I, not live, but I saw it, you know, the day after it happened. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. But it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't get, I don't care about their relationship. I care about the things that are that, about Dean Ambrose turning on Seth Rollins on the day Roman Reigns announces his, his leukemia. I care about Becky Lynch like ripping Ronda Rousey's arm out of its socket and one of the biggest moments in women's professional wrestling history. I don't care about two former teammates reuniting, which we see every year in wrestling. I understand this is a little bit bigger than that. A that does not bit? eclipse those other a moments A little bit me, bigger than that? I can hear Jimmy. No, no, I, I can hear Jimmy. Okay, BC, because because it's NGPW, it's better than everything else. This is, this is you getting back but into listen, that crap. There's a reason... Why I say that, there's a reason why everyone else who watched that was like, oh my God, that was a special moment. And by the way, it wasn't just it was, one It night. was a special moment. It wasn't the moment of the year. Wow. Wow. It was special. Right. That's simple. I, we'll, we'll have to agree to disagree, but I, I will agree to, to disagree. It, I heard it and I felt it. I saw it. All right? I did too. It wasn't better than the other ones. Simple as that. That was beautiful. The... It was the most beautiful moment of the entire year. I'm glad it hit you in the uh, deeper feel spot. Why won't you feel that? Why do you? Re- why do you? I put did. Up the it walls? wasn't better. It wasn't better. These are two friends. They had to be forced into be enemies, and now they're there's back. Like, and they're there's friends. like ten moments on NXT I would put above that this year. Why were? The, why was NXT ineligible for this award then? It wasn't. You didn't put it as finalists. All right. Because my we my did the finalists the year, together. They weren't on it. My I mean, moment of the year may have been uh, NXT Takeover Brooklyn. When, I mean, look, uh, let, let, you want to really you want to really break the fourth wall. Yeah. I asked for us to put finalists down Monday or Tuesday, so we had the time to work all of this out. I got them Wednesday end of day. Yeah. Okay. A, so it was a, a pretty busy week. Okay. So let's just go on with the awards. We're four in. We got twelve more to go. This, this show is going to last forever. The people have the, to know the truth, though. They have to. Know now it. they know the truth. They, now they know the truth. The Katie Vick Award for Worst Feud Angle of the Year. Three finalists, Asuka versus Carmella, the entire feud, Degeneration X and the Brothers of Destruction, and Drake <laughs> Maverick and Bobby Roode, the entirety of that as well, BC, and the winner is. This Friday at WWE Crown Jewel, the Brothers of Destruction will take the beaten, battered souls of Degeneration X for the first time and the last time to the fiery gates of hell. And by the way, that was WWE's clip, so they drowned out the boos. Those boos were ten times louder, okay? Uh. And I I probably should have enhanced them. That's the winner. Shame on them. What do you got to say about it? Kane didn't end up making the final three on our voting, but he easily could have for the build toward him being in that triple threat in oh Royal Rumble God. for the title match. Yeah. Kane may have been a part of, if we if we want to really break it down, the two worst angles, feuds, storylines of the year. Wow. We should have, you know what? We missed on that, I think. I mean, I mean, Car- that Carmella feud was really bad with Asuka, but holy crap, this was, and look, the, 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 
the Drake Maverick thing, I mean, I think that's ultimately a hit or miss thing, but I think this was full on. Look, if you listen to our show and you love us and we thank you for that, but you know how I tell you guys all the time that if you own one of those WrestleMania football or hockey style jerseys that says the city with the Roman numeral number. You're a terrible person. I want you to just stop listening to the show and burn yourself. If you enjoyed the Brothers of Destruction against DX and in any form, in a comment, a Twitter thing, or a DM, you stood up for it, don't ever talk to us again. That was harsh. That was real, though. That was real, Adam. That was it's real. true. All right. Thank it's you. true. Thank the you. next award, the Mega Powers Explode Award. We're getting to this one early. The best feud angle of the year. Oh, by the way, DX Brothers of Destruction, unanimous. Uh <laughs> Best feud angle of the year, we have Johnny Gargano against Tommaso Ciampa, the, the entirety. The Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey in and out feud. We'll put it all together. And then we actually have four finalists for this one. Velveteen Dream versus Ricochet and Velveteen Dream versus Alistair Black, BC. And the winner is... Tell mom, tell dad, tell wife, tell them all to stay home. Things are gonna get ugly. Last time we were in Chicago, I left in an ambulance. And I'm gonna make sure you leave the same exact way. Okay, I struggled with an audio clip. <laughs> that is Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Now, this few BC, it's far from over. But 2018 gave us basically three of the five courses we are gonna get for this feud. Am I right? It's not just the feud of the year. You really have to intelligently ask yourself where this now is going to have to belong on the all-time greatest feuds. And I really mean that. I mean, this is the perfect story told at an expert level, not a gourmet hamburger level, burger bar, not a uh, uh, Outback Steakhouse level. This is this is the real thing. This is that that Las Vegas steakhouse steak, New York City, Ruth Chris. This is like the real deal steak. The fact that we're getting the full-on main event NXT treatment to this and that it essentially lasted the whole year and is still on on unveiling itself and finding new layers to it. Really, this is one of the greatest feuds of all time in wrestling history. It's two small men who I wouldn't have ever have guessed could main event NXT, let alone be in a title picture for the main belt. It's incredible the trust Triple H had. It's incredible the chapters that they've given us already. And like we said, it could end up being them teaming again, or it could just go the way we think it is with Gargano getting the baby-faced Daniel Bryan mountaintop moment at Mania Weekend TakeOver and winning the championship as a baby. Who knows? Like, the, the possibilities are endless. You know, my moment of the year could have just easily have been their NXT TakeOver Brooklyn match with the handcuffs where yep, uh, where absolutely. Champa fell and won. I mean, that because he was standing. Because he fell. I mean, that could... The, what a damn feud. That's one of the best finishes to a uh, you know stipulation match ever. I it think, really was. I think the Dream Black was 2017, though. That was one of our finalists. I think we Was it? Then that. someone voted wrong because it was... Yeah, and we screwed up. High. I don't know. I, I, maybe, I don't it was. Know. That was 2017 War Games, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I think that we shouldn't screwed have been up even there. more. How is AJ Styles and Samoa Joe not a top three finalist mm. for Feud of the Year? Yeah, I, I didn't vote it. Um no, I mean, this was unanimous for us. It didn't really matter who the other finalists were. I think were. I had that can't, number two. I can't even remember, but it yeah. was a can't, Candidly, my, it just doesn't matter. This was so far and away the best. And you're right. We'll talk about it 
forever. Wait, was the and problem it, that AJ and Daniel Bryan or AJ and um, and Joe was it the problem that the matches were never great? They were really good, but they were they never had that one five. And, and Joe never won. Like AJ won three times, and then they fought an extra time at Blood Money in the Sand. You're right. Like Samoa Joe should have been WWE champion this year. AJ should have then won it back from him. It just. They refused to give the title to Joe, and he had he's had two opportunities now where he should have been champion. Right. And he they should just... have won that in, in probably the first match or the yeah, second match. Yeah, and then Styles could have won it back in the third. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did botch that a little but bit. we got we got more to get to the comeback. Oh wait, hold on. Be- of... Best angle of the year. Uh, I can't get to the. I can never get to the next award here. I'm trying to move this along. I, I can't let you leave things out. Um, Nick Good Costos ahead. and Brian Campbell unfortunately turned into one of the better um, feuds of the year, and I hope that we can uh, hope that we can find some. It was a little ground. contrived, but it, it was up there. I hope we can find some common ground eventually. He said he's sitting with I, you at Mania. That's what he said. Can I go to the next one? He's going to sit with you at Mania. He's not sitting with me. I can't text him. He's not going to sit in the press box. You will be. Remember how cold the press box was at Mania 34? That, that uh, was insane. New Orleans? Yeah. 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 That was a great experience. It was like 20 degree air conditioning blowing directly on our backs. That was not good. Great experience. I oh, I destroyed that buffet. Oh, my God. I took so I many. That, I didn't think that was good either. I dropped some awesome. bombs during that. All right. Let's let's that's gross. Let's get out of that. Come on. Okay. You're slowing next. us down. Keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> Trying, man. Next award, the comeback wrestler of the year. This is for someone who was out of WWE, either due to injury, having been been fired, whatever the case and coming back. Um and our finalists are Dean Ambrose, Drew McIntyre, and Daniel Bryan, BC, and the winner is. And over the last two months, I've asked WWE to relook at my case. And they sent me to the best neurologist all over the country. And all of these neurologists, every specialist, every doctor I've seen has said the same thing, and it is this. You are cleared. Now, a little Barry Horowitz here. This is a story we actually broke on CBSSports.com, which was really cool. The problem is, I wish we didn't break it, and I wish WWE didn't end up announcing it ahead of the show, because it would have been such a better moment if live to open SmackDown, Daniel Bryan had announced his comeback and surprised everyone. You have to remember the situation. There were rumors that his, I mean, not rumors, his contract was expiring. There were rumors he was looking at independence and somewhere else to go. Obviously, once they cleared him and he came back and they gave him a WrestleMania match, it was clear Daniel Bryan was going to resign and remain with WWE. But at that time, there was a lot of speculation. It was, was it really a really clear, big story. Adam? I don't think it was clear. What do you mean? When he got the WrestleMania match and came back, we knew oh, dude, con- as soon as he got cleared, we knew his yes. contract was up. Come on, in September. dude, he was saying he was saying. I don't Come know. On. Those indies are hot right now. Bro. I may. We had this conversation on the podcast, and I'll bring it back really quick. There was no way that it made any sense for him as long as WWE cleared him to wrestle anywhere else where he wouldn't have trainers watching him 24-7, an ambulance at every single show. Oh, stop with hospitals. the ambulance. Stop it's with true. the ambulance. It's true, man. He's an artist. It's true. He said, it, he said it in the promo, and if you want to talk about the longer promos and him speaking for the heart, he broke down why, it was, why WWE did such a good thing for him, seeing him through the entire recovery, how it was good they didn't clear him because he wasn't ready and he shouldn't have been cleared, the whole thing. 
it it never made any sense for him to leave WWE. His wife gets paid from them too. That was it, a hard thing. Ridiculous. Yeah, uh, he had a he had an incredible year, and it was a little bit. There were some up and down moments in the babyface run. The, the, the original, beginning was very down. The, well, I, mean, I, no, I thought the the comeback was great. I, like you know, the first yes. time seeing him in the ring, he got attacked by Kevin Owens, got power bombed. I mean, that was great. The big cast feud stalled, unfortunately. The Miz feud had big moments, but never delivered, especially in the ring like we thought it could. Then there was that stale period of him as a babyface. Obviously, the the heel run has put him back in as being a contender for wrestler of the year, comeback of the year, which he just won promo of the year, which he won for the promo almost won our smack talker of the year. What a great year. I don't know if we could have gotten here. No, I know we couldn't have gotten here without the heel turn, but glad that we did. What a complex year for him to start off as a personality, right? As a GM, right? Make that emotional comeback at WrestleMania, which we, we, over, we look over that. Because it wasn't like it was like the fifth biggest storyline of the night, unfortunately, and it could have easily been a, a giant thing through the Miz feud, through the heel turn. Hell of a comeback year. Daniel yeah. Bryan, you still got it. And I think you're going to find out that you can do things that none of us knew you could now with this heel turn. We actually got lucky that Big Cass got fired because according to Meltzer, they were going to put Big Cass over Daniel Bryan in one of their three oh, matches God. at some point to give him a push. And that was just absolutely awful. Like it, that was such a down point. We're like, well, I can't believe his first feud is Big Cass. It actually made sense to me to get him back involved, get him working, not have to push him into something major right away. But man, if they were actually were going to put Big Cass over him, that, oof, that would have been a disaster. Okay. The breakout wrestler of the year. This is the most improved award. We had four finalists, Velveteen Dream, Becky Lynch, Buddy Murphy, and Drew McIntyre. And the winner is Main event Murphy, yes! Yeah, I, I know you're excited, so you go off the top here. Look, what a freaking year for this guy. From the moment we saw him, we thought, sex, bliss. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, wait. Think, we didn't think I did not things. think we sex We didn't think he says or bliss. I'm kidding. Um, What a freaking... <laughs> he, you like... It, this could have been comeback of the year. You, you know, I mean, for a guy that didn't actually leave, just kind of reinvented himself from the Blake and Murphy tag team days to building up his body to an almost sick level. I saw him in person at the at the Wrestler Hotel in Brooklyn for SummerSlam. He had a tight T-shirt on. Like this guy's a specimen in person. He delivered some of the best matches we've seen on 205. Him winning the championship in Australia was one of the better moments in terms of natural pops. What a year for him. Adam, you didn't tell us who won last year for the other awards. Do you have that in front You're, of you? Who won? Comeback? I do, but why don't you keep talking and I'll get there. So keep talking. Uh, this uh, The in-ring product is showing you that he's not just a good cruiserweight. And it's a joke, of course, that he can make 205. This guy, we've said it before, he can be a main event player. I think he can be a big-time player. I, we didn't know. For, you never would have known from the Blake and Murphy days that he could wrestle like this, that he could carry himself like a superstar. That, yes, there's some Kenny Omega qualities in the way they've re, reshaped him and branded him and dressed him up. But, man, the guy is impressive. Shout-out to Mr. Bliss. He had a great year. Last year's winner was Braun Strowman. For breakout? Did we have a comeback Over winner last year? Over Jason Jordan and the Usos. What's up? Did we have a comeback winner last year? Hmm. Huh. That's a really good question. And no. Who won best angle last year? Best feud? I'm trying to keep up with the, our history here. 
Uh, I don't have that in front of me, right. but let's not let that slow us down. No. Uh, so regarding this, listen, everything you said is 100% true. Love Buddy Murphy. I think he has main event WWE main roster future ahead for him. I am shocked that he won this because for me, my first place vote was Velveteen Dream. Because when you're talking about breakout most improved, you had people, people go nuts for him. He's probably the most popular superstar in NXT. He wears the call me up Vince tights and everyone's like, holy shit. Yes, Vince, call him up right now. There is no one in the, on the main roster or in WWE as a whole, in my opinion, who's improved more than Velveteen Dream. It's not even close, honestly. Because last calendar year, he was awesome. Do you not remember he was the good. feud with Black? I mean, like he was, he was insanely good last calendar. He year. was good. His moveset has tripled, and he is way more confident in the ring, way more confident on the mic. Nothing against Buddy Murphy. And look, we're glossing over Drew McIntyre here. He had a huge comeback, and he really massively improved this year on the main roster, coming out of NXT and really not being employed by WWE a year and a half ago at all. Um, so let's give him credit as well. But. I just want to make sure Velveteen Dream gets his shout because he's not going to really get mentioned he's otherwise. McIntyre eligible, not not Dream, not Dream. He was imp- most improved. Yeah, of course he's eligible. No, he was awesome last year. He didn't like. He's just like he's. It's, it most improves more for a guy who was down and then and then got got a lot better. He was awesome last year. We Dude. we gushed over the Dream Black feud last year. Gushed. He was awesome. Yeah, he was really good last year, but I'm, I'm saying he even took it to a different level where he's fighting Champa, and you're like, they could put the title on him right now. You couldn't have said that last year. I could. I believe <laughs> Okay, sure. All right, next award, number nine of 17. Still got a ways to go here. Our Rookie of the Year, BC. Here are our three finalists. EC3, Ricochet, and Ronda Rousey. And winner. There's no question here it's Ronda Rousey. And Ricochet has had a great year. His debut match, I think it was, at the North American title match, incredible. EC3 has been really good on the mic. But there is no one who has made a bigger impact in WWE as a whole than Ronda Rousey. Her first match was maybe the best debut match of all time for anyone, man or woman. I really can't think of anything anyone else. Her first year compares mostly to Kurt Angle in terms of in-ring work. Yes, she needs to get better on the mic. But even though she needs to get better on the mic, she cut one of our finalists for promo of the year against John Cena and Nikki Bella. Every single match she's in, she gets better. I don't care if they're rehearsed or not. She doesn't have formal wrestling training. She's someone who should have come into WWE. And if you're a UFC fan, a lot of them really don't like her. There was a fear that she might get booed. Well, she got cheered immediately by the WWE universe. They're doing a great job with her. It seems they're giving her a tweener and or heel turn right now. She's doing it extremely well and the last three weeks she's cut two line promos which is what we've wanted the entire time and those have been very very good bc she is the rookie of the year there's not even a question in my mind no this is one of the better i mean legitimately one of the better rookie years ever and it's it's i mean it can't really be compared to like aj styles's wwe rookie year because he had all that experience for somebody who literally is coming in like kurt angle did with no experience and 
Kurt Angle at least had a year to be in kind of his own form of development to get better. She just jumped right off the boat, if you will. And to have this kind of impact, would I have ever have believed you, Adam, that she could be in the conversation after her first year for wrestler of the year, male or female, which is legitimate, by the way, to have delivered one of the better promos of the year, to have regularly put in one of the better matches of the year. I mean, if we rank the top 10 matches on WWE proper this year, she would have been in a, a small handful of them. two or three of them. Legitimately, yep. I would never have guessed that. Never thought her Mania debut could have been received and performed the way it did. Yeah, she's 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 got some growing pain specifically on the mic that are grading, but shout out to Ronda Rousey. I mean, this is this is somebody, and I think the key part. I said this before is, but the key part is not only did she take to it so quickly but she's so unique in her style and what she does that it's not like she comes in and she looks like somebody else. She took to it as a natural and has a naturally unique style. That really has to be said, right? And one final point on Rousey is, um, could you ever imagine people that have had short stints as celebrities that were looking back, we deem that effective. Mike Tyson's run opposite Steve Austin, even though he didn't have a match. Floyd Mayweather's program with a big show, which led to a, Seriously, a, a very impressive match for a celebrity in a cross, a combat well, sports crossover like Rousey. Could I was going to say more than Floyd, though Lawrence Taylor. Right, that was the third. That was going to be the third one. Oh, I was going to say. Okay. And I'm saying like, could and by the way, Lawrence Taylor also gassed in that match. Like he did okay, but he was he was really. Okay, he's a defensive lineman. But I mean, my, the, my whole know, point I'm, is this: but... like, we could imagine them pulling off very protective one-offs like they did. I couldn't imagine any of those three. Buying into the business. I know Mike Tyson mentally got the business on a high level, but buying into the business mentally and physically and being this good. So you, you really got to give her. And let's also not forget, they are using her too much on Raw, but she's not just doing pay-per-views and Raw. She's doing house shows. She's doing tribute to the troops. She's doing a lot of things that are off air, and she's putting in a lot of training, as she did before she started privately, not in like an OVW or an NXT or anything. But she really is trying, and she's loving it. You can see it on her face. And you really have to respect that because she did not need WWE. You could say maybe she did because her star waned after she got knocked, you know, the F out a couple of times in UFC. Um, she, maybe she needed it to, to boost her star, but she didn't need the money. She didn't have to come to WWE to do any of this. And for her to win Rookie of the Year, it's really something. Aleister Black won the award last year. Now, our 10th award here at the 2018 Samson's Tag Team of the Year and these are our three finalists, the Golden Lovers, that's Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, the Usos, and the Undisputed Era. And the winner is... WrestleMania! Year after year, we've been getting passed over. Nine years in the game. Zero! WrestleManias! Zero loose! Let's check it out! WrestleMania 27! Sideline! WrestleMania 28! Sideline! 29! Sideline! 30! Sideline! 31! Sideline! 32! Sideline! 33! Sideline! Hey, but this year, our time! This year, it's our time! This year, it's our time! That's... Now, in, re in retrospect, BC, they should have been up for, forget promo of the year, smack talker of the year. Yeah, they, they had that kind of year. Uh, it's That stat is still mind-blowing. 
And, you know, to be a champion during that stretch and not have one Mania match. I know there were injuries at times, and, and I know they had that big feud with American Alpha on SmackDown and didn't get the, the title match uh, a couple of years back. But, wow, what a year for these guys. I, I'm certainly fine with them winning Tag Team the year. I didn't vote for them number one, but they have got elevated themselves to a level on the mic and really in the ring when you talk about what they've done to their bodies to get in real top shape and what they've done with their look and doing the whole penitentiary, doing the day one-ish, having the more kind of gangster edge, but still being able to do the comedy when they need to with the rap battles. What an evolution for this tag team because, yeah, the, the face paint years, you know, they were high flyers, and that was it. They didn't have much personality. They weren't always in the best shape. Shout out to these guys. They had a great year, Adam. Did you vote for them? I did. I had them second to Undisputed Era, which were my number one. Um, look, you're the only one who voted for the Golden Lovers. Jack is the only one who voted for the Young Bucks. And I'm the only one who voted for New Day. So, you know, the Usos definitely deserve this award. There's no question about it. They're actually back-to-back award winners. They were our unanimous choice oh, nice. in 2017, and deservedly so. They had an incredible year. Personally, when I look at match quality and storyline, the fact that Undisputed Era lost a guy added Roderick Strong, and that happened, obviously, you know, I think that happened in 2017 at War Games, right? No. I'm off somewhere. But uh, the, the fact that they had to change partners and they went ahead and put on like a five-star match and a 4.75 star match against British Strong Style, which also deserved, you know, thought in this. Um, I really thought they had a tremendous year. The Golden Lovers, your choice. Maybe you can discuss them briefly, but listen, didn't win titles, don't really cut promos, had two great matches. But those two great matches for me don't make the entirety of a tag team of the year. The Usos and the Undisputed Era for me really did. Well, I'll give the Usos the credit because in WWE main roster tag matches that are really good on pay-per-view, they're usually really good because the last five to seven minutes get insane. It just gets chaotic. There's four men in the ring. There's people jumping over the ropes. I feel the Usos handle those moments the best. They yes. have the, mo- the most... They have that their own shtick down really well in terms of the, the high-flying mixed with the crazy near-falls. I'll give them that. But look, the Golden Lovers, to, to execute that storyline, and when you're literally talking about possibly the two best wrestlers in the entire world in the same tag team, it's mega powers all over again in terms of the star power, but the critical level of the matches they put forth they put forth some of the best tag team matches I've ever seen this year. That was, I mean, Kenny had a year where he was just as much single as he was in this tag team, and the work that he did in this tag team, the two of them, incredible. We did get a chance to see him over many a weekend in New Orleans, not the obviously the match of our lifetime. <laughs> they kind of mailed no. it in against uh, Chucky e. T and uh, was it Flip? Was there? Part? I forgot who was. I don't part. even remember. But uh, it was it was probably the worst match you could imagine Kenny Omega being in after being excited to see him, which is not his fault. They went through the motions. We got a couple of moonsaults. But uh, yeah, I'll give it. Those guys had a great year. Fantastic. For sure. Now, our pay-per-view of the year. We do not have a sound clip on this one, BC. But our three finalists, WrestleMania 34, TLC, which just passed, and Evolution, the first all-women's pay-per-view from WWE. And the winner is... WWE TLC. Now, Silver King, can you explain yourself here to our fans? Why are we not putting in NXT takeovers or the incredible independent scene under this category? Because I don't think a WWE main roster one would have won this. 
It's a main. It's a it's a WWE main roster award. Takeovers are a different animal. Probably all takeovers would have beat every WWE main roster pay per view. Uh, so this is really again, WWE main roster pay per view of the year. That's what this award is. Sure. Yes, you can consider it that. Who won it last year? Royal Rumble. Yes. Um. I'll look. Nick was talk angry. about TLC, I and Nick, I will Nick look. Nick was very angry. Look, from the WWE main roster... Royal Rumble won last year. You and I voted it first. Nick voted SummerSlam first last year. Uh, it's always hard to beat a WrestleMania, and I felt this year's WrestleMania was really good. But TLC was better laid out. It was top-heavy at the end. It just kept peaking. And then to have a go-home moment like we saw at TLC with that women's ladder match triple threat coming off already having seen Daniel Bryan and Styles... That was just incredible. I may have loved the mania ending with the swerve with Brock, but most people hated it. That has to count against WrestleMania. It was terrible. Despite the totality of WrestleMania being a really good card this year, TLC brought it. Shout out to Evolution for making this list. But Adam, this we don't. I guess we don't have an award for show of the year. Oh my God! Between All In, Wrestle Kingdom twelve, and Dominion, I think all three of those were better than anything WWE main roster put out. Oh, that is such a. That's such an insane joke. First of all, NXT, all NXT takeovers were better than All In. Well, first that of all, I just said, said better than anything the WWE main roster put out this year, which is what got I you, said. got you. So I think all I, I I still think that's wrong. I think TLC was better than All In. Um, I could make an argument that Evolution was better than All In because they were similar. Oh, get the and, hell out of here! Get yeah, out! I, get out! Well, let me ask you this, BC: How was that All In main event? How was the Cody Rhodes Nick Aldis match? Fantastic. Are you oh, kidding me? On. That was one of the come better on. moments. Actually, we, we effed up. Moment of the year, I thought it could, should have been the Golden Lovers. Number two could have been Cody winning the NWA title. Oh, come the on. Moment. It was so contrived, man. Oh, my God. Give me a I break. Now, hear, Jimmy. now, if you, you want to talk, now, if you, you want to talk Wrestle Kingdom and Dominion, I think there's arguments to have there. The, diff, the, the argument I would make with you is this. The first half of those shows, and we talk about this all the time with New Japan Pro Wrestling, are basically worthless. Okay? So if you you have to cut out all of that and really talk about the final four matches. Now, match quality-wise, would those have it? I think they're on par with some of the NXTs and, and probably definitely better. Dominion match quality-wise was definitely better. Okay? But if you're talking about storyline, presentation, the whole nine yards. I don't know that you can just say that those two events, Wrestle Kingdom and Dominion, are above every NXT TakeOver. When you and I come out of NXT TakeOver, I didn't like, say that. losing our minds. I didn't say that. I didn't. I said main roster. I know main roster, but I'm also comparing them to NXT. Which I'm just saying we should have had an award here to find out what was the, really the best wrestling show of the year because I think you'd probably have to put Dominion yes. all in, and mm. two of the takeovers into into the finalists of the category. I think so, but again, we had this on Monday. These could have been these issues could have been raised. This was clearly well, did, a WWE award. It was issue. WWE only last year as well. So I'm following script. Yeah, but this year, independent and in, in, in indies and in yeah, we we definitely could have added it as an award. But you, I mean, you didn't raise it as an issue until we're. Here on Friday at six o'clock, taping. No, this. no, I sent I sent you a uh, email two days ago that you didn't, or not an email, a Slack message that you uh, um, ignored, and you responded. Not, I don't ignore. Stop, stop. You know I don't ignore Slack messages. Please. You ignored that Slack message. In fact, no way. In fact, Jack Crosby slacked me, and he was like, "I guess he's not going to answer it." I was like, "All right, I guess it's not a concern." Mm, I don't even. I honestly don't even. I missed it then. It wasn't a. It was not an ignore. It was a miss. 
But TLC was great. Uh, I think when you consider the last few matches on that card and when you consider Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles in a classic, not WWE style match and the women's TLC, it was a very deserving winner for WWE pay-per-view of the year. Great show. Great show. Just like this one right here. This is a good show too. Now, BC, we are going to move on and we're going to do this a little bit out of order and you'll understand why. But our 12th award, the Nature Boy Award for Wrestler of the Year. And these are our finalists. What's the parameters here so the fans know? Everyone. Everyone in the world. We have. And, And you know what? Everyone in the world, we're probably missing a name here, which was not a finalist, but I'll mention that person eventually. We have Johnny Gargano, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Kenny Omega, and this is strong style. This is Kota Abushi. And our winner is I won. I was folded up like an accordion on a stack of chairs, beaten with a candlestick, put through a table, but I got up again. That's right. I am the last woman standing. And when evolution was over and all was said and done, there is only one woman who everyone knew was the rightful main event. And that was me. Ah, beating Charlotte Flair, the most decorated woman in WWE history, proved I am the man. She is uh, the man, and she is the State of Combat Samson Award winner for Wrestler of the Year, BC. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. She had a fantastic year. She had a, a, a changing year of what her character could be, as we talked about earlier in the show. She took herself from being one of the better women wrestlers as a babyface to new heights as a heel, and then really kicked the, the glass out of the ceiling and showed you that we don't even know right now, as we end 2018, how great she can be. Interesting uh, how we end up voting on this and how we get to this, because should you hold against her at all that she hit a certain level as a heel, but it was only three of the 12 months? I think there is something to be said for it being for Becky Lynch coming on late in the year uh, and not necessarily having the totality of a 12 month run that you might want for wrestler of the year. And that is why you may say it's a little surprising. And certainly when this award was uh, award was cast and we were talking to, to each other, who do we include? Who don't we include? Who's eligible? I really thought that we might see Johnny Gargano come out on top because you consider the year that guy has had, forget his rivalry with Champa, the other matches he's fought, the promos he's cut, what he's done off the screen in terms of, you know, the entirety of the angle with Alistair Black I thought it was a banner year for Johnny Gargano. But that said, we need to think about what Becky Lynch did in the final few months of 2018. She went from a popular WWE women's wrestler to the most popular person on the WWE main roster. You heard that ovation from her. She is reaching new levels every single time she steps in the ring and gets on the mic. I have ne- I have maybe never seen someone find their character faster and in a more real way than Becky Lynch has. And it's not, like I said, it's not just on the mic. 
it's in the ring as well. I have been thoroughly impressed with what she has brought to the table. And really, as you get into the end of the year, you talk about like the Heisman Trophy, who closes strongest. Kyler Murray had the best end of the year. He closed the strongest. He won the Heisman Trophy. Becky Lynch closed the strongest. She won the Samson Award, the Nature Boy Award, really, for Wrestler of the Year. I think it's pretty awesome that you not only have one, but you have two women that are could have legitimately won this year. And I remember when Charlotte in 2016 had that feud with Sasha Banks and had the year that she had, where at the end of that year, we're like, if we're talking MVP of the year, 2016 went to Styles. You could have easily thrown a couple other people in there like Roman Reigns. Charlotte could have been right in that discussion along with New Day, I thought. And you go to 2018, Becky wins it for our site. Rousey could have just as well won it as well. And that's crazy. That's awesome that women are giving this platform, that the booking is up to this level, and that these matches, I mean, it's insane the matches that the combination of Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda have been able to have. Shout out to Becky for getting this. Um, So uh, interesting. None of us voted for her first, but she wins the totality of, of, uh, of having had such a great year. Who did you vote for in the end? Well, I had Johnny Gargano first for the reasons I mentioned earlier. And BC, when we talked about it, I was sure that you were voting Johnny Gargano first. Like, I, we had this conversation for weeks, literally after both takeovers. We're like, I think Johnny Gargano's wrestler of the year. And we had it on this show. And you still didn't vote for him first. And you didn't vote for him second. He had an incredible year. And I give him that respect. Becky Lynch had made such a late run where even just three months as a heel – uh, and, you know, obviously she was strong as a babyface before that, but I, she swayed me in the end to push him to third. Incredible that I could push him to third after the year he had both storyline and in ring. But y'all must have forgot, guys. Kenny Omega, who last year, our wrestler of the year, deservedly so, had an insane year of changing the scale of what we think on matches. He had an even better year in 2018. And I don't know if people even realize this. He climbed the mountain and won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship after a long-ass pursuit to get there. Oh, and do you know what else he did along the way? Had maybe the greatest match of all time against Okada. Well, it's the same match. Was a part of what I thought was the greatest tag team match of all time that I've ever seen next to Kota in that match in the U.S. with the NJPW. Carried on not just really entertaining and intriguing storyline feuds with both Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes, but at the same time carried forth what I thought was the moment of the year with the Golden Lovers reuniting and moving that storyline further. Had obviously a large presence on being the elite, was a major part of All In being successful in the Jericho Cruise and where the revolution was going. And to top all that, if you put the five best matches of anyone against each other in the world, probably had the best actual calendar year, even though Gargano was really, really close. He was a five-star bout machine, even more six and seven at times. And I thought, what else would you want this guy to do? I don't know how Kenny Omega can't win this award. Maybe if you edged Gargano, I'm not going to hate that. But you told me you didn't even have him in your top five, Adam. No, top three. I didn't have him in my top three. And neither did Jack. So How not only were possible? you the only person to vote him number one, you were the only person to vote for him at all. And why is that? Because Jack and I both voted for Kota Abushi, who has had just as good, if not better, in my opinion, better of a year than Kenny Omega based on his in-ring work and his incredible athletic acumen. This guy has been in, he's the other half of all of those Golden Lovers matches. And he really in my opinion, outshine Kenny Omega in those matches. And when you talk about Kenny Omega, BC, here's the thing. 
He was our wrestler of the year last year. No question about it. Totally deserved it. Just because you might be the greatest at your profession doesn't mean you win the best X of the year award. Examples. Bill Belichick is not your NFL coach of the year. Nick Saban is not your college football coach of the year. In fact, those guys rarely win the award because they're so great that you need someone to take up their level and have their greatness extend for them to say, wow, we already knew they were great. They were even that much better. And when you look at Kenny Omega's yeah, 2017 Kenny Omega had versus his 2018, I'm not going to it was, was it better? Yeah. Was it to another freaking level? I don't think it was. And I am not the only one to state this opinion, which I will state. Kenny Omega's run thus far as IWGP heavyweight champion has been a mild disappointment. Yeah, it's simply people in the world who say that you and your boy talk box who you blocked on. No, there's, there's a good amount of people who feel that way. And it's not just us. Now that's not to say it hasn't been great. It's just to say when Kenny finally won the title, it was supposed to be a mountaintop moment and it just has not felt like one. He had an insanely good G one. Now look, did Coda who by winning the G one, have a year, uh, an incredible breakout year. Yes, I think he, I think he passed Okada and became the second best wrestler in the world this year. He didn't, he didn't win the G one though. I'm sorry, you know who won it? it oh no, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he made the finals. I'm sorry. Um, he had an incredible year, but you know, like you mentioned, he's not even talking on the microphone. Kenny's a giant part of being the elite, which on the NJPW indie side is essentially our Raw and SmackDown right there. Look, I don't know what else Kenny could have done. Best match of the year, best moment of the year, best tag team match I've ever seen, maybe the best match I've ever seen. I mean, like, in part of major angles against Cody and Jericho, it, there was blood, there was everything that we'd want, put forth the best matches throughout, was the face of a couple different companies, was a monster part of All In and the crews, these major moments in, in history there. Kenny Omega, man, it's only getting better. 2017 was like an all-time great performance for a calendar year. It was like AJ Styles in, in 2016. It was like uh, Ric Flair in 1989. And it was just like things we have just never could have imagined. And I think he took it even one better, finally winning the damn title this year and being a part of that tag team angle. Amazing. Now I'm going to pause you there and immediately transition into our 13th award, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestler of the Year. And the winner is... Other than Kenny Omega, might just be the greatest athlete in pro wrestling. Kota Ibushi is our NJPW Wrestler of the Year. Yes, over. Kenny Omega. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow any Kota Ibushi slander on my timeline. He's the second best wrestler in the world. Uh, I, I can't believe that you guys could not have him in your top three. Uh, it, it's really like 1997. Michael no Jordan, one said he isn't in our top are, three. He just didn't win. People are bored. People are just like, yeah, let's give it to Carl Malone this year. You know, Jordan's wanted six out of the last seven when he's been healthy. Let's or when he's been in the league. Yeah, like, no, it, it, all right, it's fine. You know, you know who we voted second place? Uh, Ace Tanahashi. Correct. Unreal. Unreal. I, I mean, if you guys can't hear Jimmy, that's fine. Unreal. Unreal. Oh, we can hear Jimmy. We can hear Jimmy. You're the one that's struggling, BC, because you are letting Kenny Omega blind you. What You're letting the revolution blind you. You're seeing the best the... in the world and a guy who may end up being the best in-ring performer I've ever seen. He might. He might. He very well might be, but that doesn't mean he's necessarily the wrestler of the year for 2018. When you have Abushi do what he has done and Tanahashi, you want to talk about like, it's not even a comeback because he never left. He never went anywhere. But this guy has had an incredible year. You can say that 
For me, if you were ranking G1 competitors, it was Abushi, Tanahashi, Omega, Okada in that order. Don't forget about Kenny's all-in match. Don't forget about well, the Jericho match. Are you kidding me? This year was insane for Kenny. Becky, great year. Three months tilted, though, to the end of the year. I did end up giving her my second place vote because she she made a hell of a run into our hearts and transformed her character. But Kenny, congratulations. Becky, congratulations. Absolutely. Now, we didn't want to leave the men out from WWE, so we do have the WWE Male Wrestler of the Year, and our finalists are Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, and Daniel Bryan, BC. And the winner is... After everything I've been through, I'm not scared of you. I live in a dark, dark place, Alistair. And I'm not afraid of the dark anymore. Actually, <clears throat> I'm kind of starting to like it. Now, if you don't know, now you know. That's Johnny Gargano. BC and I did vote for him first in this category. Jack didn't even put him on his ballot. Did Jack know the rules, though? There's different rules for each award. Silver. Yes, he knew the rules. All right. Well, Jack, you dropped the ball there, buddy. You dropped it. All right. Johnny, really, uh, this is a special year, and I hope everyone appreciates how many great matches he was in, that he was a part of maybe one of the better feuds that we've ever seen, and it's not over yet. So uh, I never, again, it's got to be said, never would have guessed he could be in this role. And by the way, for you got to vote Johnny, but you got to give Ciampa a lot of credit and and he deserves uh, in the WWE male of the year. I mean, look, Seth Rollins had a phenomenal year. Daniel Bryan had a hell of a year. Ciampa may have had the second best year of any male in WWE. You know, he very well may have. He does not get enough credit. I think a lot of people focus on Johnny and forget like his match with Velvet, uh, Ciampa's match with Velveteen Dream was incredible. His obviously match with Johnny. He was just as good as Johnny was in that match. His promo. I was going to say his uh. promo work has been incredible. So, He's really an honorable mention who probably should have been a finalist here and actually wasn't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we should not discount what he brought to the table. Now, our final three awards are our matches of the year, and we did split these up on purpose. We're going to save the best for last, but we wanted to give NXT and we wanted to give WWE It's Just Do separately, BC. So up first is the NXT match of the year. Our finalists are Johnny Gargano against Andrade Cien Almas at NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. They've had three matches. That was their final match. Velveteen Dream versus Ricochet. And Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. And the winner is... Draping, hammer lock, JD 
insane that this one ended up winning it, and I voted it, and I believe it, and I am now fired up to go watch it another time. I say it's insane that it won it. Because the the feud and series that Gargano and Champo had, winning our feud of the year, rightfully so, the storyline adds so much to what already is great matches between those two. This didn't have that level, that deep level, not even close of storyline. And it was actually, if you remember, a bit of a surprise that this match got to that level. I wasn't expecting it. I'm not sure a lot of us were. We knew both could work. Silver King to you, this man's a five top five worker in all of WWE main roster oh, land. Since you mentioned it, by the way, to 63% of our audience, not just me. Yeah, Go ahead. a lot of smart people, though, came on there and, and uh, wrote comments. that. And wrote, yeah, they agreed with the 63%. Well, yep. guess what they're also not doing, giving you their top five then. They're just like, oh, yeah, sure, he's great, because it's just like pound for pound in boxing. There's a lot of fighters who are pound for pound worthy, but guess what? There's only 10 spots on the list in the end. Just like, hey, is Floyd Mayweather an all-time top 10 fighter? No. Does he have top 10 ability? Yes, but there's only 10 that can make it, all right? Oh, Floyd's not even, I mean, Floyd's definitely not. So, hey, Almas, great wrestler. Not one of the five best in the company, but a great wrestler. This was a fantastic-ass match. I think we did, I don't want to say forget one or didn't give love. I want to take a moment, though, and say that tag team match between the two English guys with the Mustache Mountain and and the uh, the other two guys. (laughs) Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era. Uh, Two matches they had, two matches. The one that was on NXT TV only. Not the one from the UK. No, the throw in the towel one on NXT TV. Okay. Only. Okay. If that ended up being number one, I don't think you could have a problem because that was that special of a match. All right. So now I'm going to call. Now I'm going to call you out. You think the Golden Lovers Young Bucks was better than that? Yes, that was the best tag team match I've ever seen. I think they were on par with each other. They, they, they were, insane. and that's not insulting to either match. No, I, I remember I, after the throw in the towel one, I'm like, that might be the best tag match I've ever yeah. seen. Man, wrestling is just insane. But yeah. Johnny Gargano had a legitimately what four or five like top shelf steak matches this year. Unbelievable yeah. year, now, unbelievable match. Go back if you're thinking, how did they not give it to the Champa match? Go back. And by the way, there's a few different Champa ones. And I know I like the Chicago one better than other people like the uh, New Orleans one. But what a feud for them too. What a year, man. What a freaking year for NXT. So there's better matches than this all time, obviously. But this is the first match I have ever watched where it ended. The pay-per-view ended, and I immediately rewound and watched the entire match again. That is how good it was. This was a unanimous selection by all of us. There was really no question in my mind. That shot, the wasn't a meteoric because it wasn't off the top rope, but the double knees that Gargano took against the ring post, where it like shook the ring post and it was all steel because it's not the regular post, it's the, the wide one with the LEDs, the stupid thing that WWE has. Then he drapes him over the top rope for the hammerlock DDT. Man, because you thought Gargano was going to win. The thing is, you thought Gargano was going to win the match because he lost the match the first time they met. I think it was at New Orleans. No, it was last year, 34, uh, 33, WrestleMania 33 weekend, where Zelina Vega threw the DIY shirt at Johnny Gargano, caused the distraction, almost pinned him. This time it was for the title. You're like, oh, he's going to get his retribution. Almost wins. We went nuts. I will never, ever forget this match. That's how damn good it was. It really deserved NXT match of the year. Now we're going to go into WWE match of the year. And yes, I'm doing all of this on purpose, order-wise. You'll understand. Uh, Here are our four finalists. Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles from WWE TLC. The women's triple threat TLC match from WWE TLC. Again, folks, two matches on the final pay-per-view of the year. Now you know why it was WWE pay-per-view of the year. Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan from Survivor Series and Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, last woman standing. That was from Evolution, right? Yes. And the winner is... 
All right, wait a minute now, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch has a hold of Charlotte. Charlotte Flair practically landed on Becky Lynch's face. Oh, this is not a kendo stick. And now Charlotte, Charlotte's down. Oscar's hammered away on Becky Lynch with the kendo stick. Oscar is incensed. Seeing red here tonight at TLC. Oh! Charlotte Flair even functioning. This is pure adrenaline, Graves. Charlotte Flair just obliterated Oscar. Damn, great now, holy hell call there from the Dirty Bird, Tom Phillips. This was not unanimous, but honestly, I don't know how it wasn't because, man, that all happened. That was not edited. That all happened, sim- you know, in consecutively, in consecutive fashion. That was the best match of the year for me in WWE. It, it it was insane how how good it was, and it's it's always hard to get a weapons match into that category in my eyes because there's a lot of a lot of gimmicky moments that have to happen. But as we talked about in the pay per view uh, breakdown of this after it happened, I mean Charlotte was just willing to sell out her body in such an insane way. And I think what made this so special is we all wanted Oscar to win and have a moment while simultaneously wanting Becky Lynch to continue and take this character to a new level while simultaneously watching as Charlotte was like, I'm not going to be the one forgotten. I'm not going to be the one who just sets everybody else up. I'm going to steal this damn show while also having Ronda Rousey come out and kind of steal the show at the same time. Epic match. Might not get the five-star love from Meltzer, but an epic, probably the most entertaining match, just like I voted my match of the year last year to what? That fatal four-way finish at SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Because it's just so damn entertaining. This was even better. This really was. This was even better. I kind of wanted to give it to Daniel Bryan and and Brock Lesnar because I thought my match of the year... No, I think I ended up voting match of the year last year. AJ Styles and... Brock Lesnar from Survivor Series. And it was because, like, when Brock sells and he's happy and he shows you and reminds you how good he can be, he did that again with Daniel Bryan this year, and it was special. But the women were on another level. You had the giant reveal at the end. You had Oscar winning. I mean, there's so many feels at so many times. What a match. Can't believe this happened. Can't believe the women could have this type of year because you just as easily, by the way, could have put Flair and Rousey in there from the match that Flair beat her down afterwards. And Adam, you could have put Asuka and Flair from WrestleMania in there. That's This isn't women's match of the year. This is match WWE of the year. Holy crap. Yeah, this is very interesting, too, because you and I agreed. So we both had this first place match of the year. It was not unanimous because Jack chose Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan first. You chose that second. I chose it fourth because I, I'm shocked that you guys voted that over... Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, which to me was clearly a superior match. No, Brock adds an extra element. And when Brock is that dialed in and willing to play ball on Daniel Bryan's levels, you had certainly the David and Goliath angle, but you also had Brock actually wrestling and selling. That match had something special in it. Look, Styles and Bryan was a fine wine, man. And when they when they uncorked that and started getting that thing going... Beautiful. One of the best matches of the year, but really we're, we're comparing uh, bites of steak from different restaurants. You know what? It's juicy. It tastes really good. 
It did. And they, I mean, when you consider that all these matches, really, the most of the finalists here happened in October, November, and December from WWE. That's pretty crazy that that's how they finished the year when they last year, they did no such thing. Survivor Series was good last year. TLC was a pile of bleep. And we know that, uh, especially when you have Kurt Angle coming out in a tactical oh, vest. Never, it's never. just not going to work. Uh, but just so everyone knows, these were our um, in order. Women's TLC, Brian Lesnar, which I wholeheartedly disagree with. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, which means Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair were in two of the top three matches this year in WWE. And then AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan came in right after it. Um, our last award here on the Samson Awards for 2018, the second annual, is our match of the year. Now, we have the women's TLC match, the Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas match, and Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada, number four at Dominion. And the winner is one more time. Omega willing himself to his feet. Okada doesn't see it coming. He doesn't see it coming. Call of the year. Nick Costos on this show called it the greatest call of all time. Don Callis. It's not. It's insanely good, though. It's so good. It's great. End to that story. What a story they told. I mean, is it is it the best match of all time? Probably. I'm one of the rare people that likes their first one better than their fourth. But again, what are we comparing here? That is that real greatness. Is that real? You like the first one more than the fourth? Yeah, we we broke it down after Dominion that the reaction show, but um. I'm a spot guy. That's the best spot match I've ever seen by far. And it's the timing of when I had saw it. This fourth one had storyline, had action, had intensity, had speed, had everything. God, they did art on a whole new level that no one else touched. No one else got to this. Well, what did Meltzer give it? 17 stars? I mean, no one touched this. He gave it seven stars and a little Barry Horowitz here. I gave it seven stars on our instant analysis before Meltzer even came out with his newsletter because the truth is the callbacks, the moves, the length of the match didn't feel like, I don't even know how long it was. It, it was the hour limit, right? Didn't they go extra? It extended, yeah, it extended, I think, the hour limit. Oh, Man. There wasn't an hour limit. They, didn't it go? Um... Oh, it was two or three falls, right? Yeah. and then they... It went almost 90 minutes or something like that. You're right. You're right. It's just top to bottom. Like I said, the callbacks, the match quality itself, the storyline, and the fact that the callbacks didn't just go back to the first or the second. It went to the third, and they didn't just throw them all at the end. They mixed them in the entire match. The first two falls were good. The third fall was incredible. It's the best match I've ever seen. It was clearly the match of the year. And that's why we saved it for last. Because look, you know, wrestler of the year, I wanted to get that out of the way. That way we were able to talk about WWE and NJPW separately. But this match deserves this the stage of being the main event of the first State of Combat Awards. Um, I've just never seen anything like it. I don't have words. I really don't have words for it. That's how good it was. You know, I wonder to put this crazy pressure on them. Like, what else could those two do? I think Ibushi and Kenny are the only ones that could do better, potentially. But I mean, the what they the standard that they set, the bar that they raised it to of where this art form can be athletically, and then you add in the layers of that story. Oh my God, it's so damn good. 
uh, it's almost so good that it's not even worth telling you why it's good. It's like, just go watch it. Just go back and watch it, guys. Dominion June, the fourth one between them. Can't wait for Wrestle Kingdom. Can't wait for Kenny against Ace. Can't wait to see if Kenny and Coda finally have the big singles blow off. If Okada and Kenny end up with number five one of these days. What a friggin' match. What a call from Callis and Kelly. What a night. Wow. That's the thing about this is, you know, we've seen really good matches our entire lives. And we saw Kenny, you know, Omega Okada one and two and three. And every time we saw it, we're like, that may have been the best match that we've ever seen. This is a no doubter. Like I, for you, I know it was one. That's I, I still don't know how you say that, but it's fine for me. I There was no doubt. I was sitting on the edge of my seat the final 45 minutes of this match like transfixed at what I was watching on TV saying, I will never see anything like this again. And that is, I, I fully wholeheartedly believe that. I don't care where the Omega Bushi storyline goes. Um, I don't really care what else happens in NGPW or WWE history. I cannot imagine a match being held as perfectly as that, the time period that it needed to be held with the audience attention that it got and the sellout nature from both Kenny Omega and Kaz Okada. It was a perfect match. Um, it wasn't a perfect year, but it certainly was the – it became the new mountaintop moment in professional wrestling history for me. Wow. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you, uh, Okada, and then you ruined your character. But that's okay. That's okay. We'll see you again <laughs> well, he's, one day. He's clearly building it back up. I mean, I know. you know, oh, he'll be on the mountaintop again. Hulk Hogan always came back. He's Hulk Hogan. All right, it was a uh, Adam Silverstein production. I enjoyed the sound drops. Um, shout out to the winners. Uh, heck of a year. Heck of a year in wrestling, Adam. Thank you to our amazing listeners. Thank you to Nick Costos for his contributions to this podcast. Guys, we changed names ourselves. Are we really thanking him for coming on twice in the calendar year? He came on a few times. came on a few a times. A handful he, of times. He did a couple NJPW reactions with us, a couple call-ins. We, we had some moments with Nick. He was there for the bit. He could taste the steak. He knows it. God, Kenny Omega had a great year. Wow. Wow, Kenny, you are God, my wrestler great of the year. year. Wow. My wow. wrestler of the year, Kenny. This is my show, Kenny. Oh, yeah. Uh, Silver King, uh, yeah, uh, people can have a happy new year and take this show home with them and enjoy it. And um, we're not, we wouldn't be here without our listeners. So thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. And this show is definitely long enough for you guys to probably finish a plane ride while listening to it. Uh, and if you want to get away from the family for a little bit, you can use it for that as well. But look. Uh, it was a great year of the ITC, our second year uh, running the show, our first full calendar year, actually. And I said ITC, even though we're the SOC now, the state of combat. I'm going to have to remember that. So you can follow me on Twitter at Silverstein Adam. BC is the account you actually want to follow at B Campbell CBS. And you better be following our new account at State of Combat. You know what we need. It's all about the five five star reviews on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. BC, you got anything else for the people? No, I got nothing for them. That's it. It's over. And the and and the interview. So he's the best. I think there's only one thing left to do. We out. 2018 over with. In this corner out. State of combat in. And we are out.